is Truth Talks. Welcome back, everyone, to the Truth Talks podcast. I'm your host, Buddy Boone. We are back and uh, had a, 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 a small little hiccup in technical difficulty, but uh, we are back nonetheless. And uh, I'm back with uh, the pastor of Bellcroft Bible Church. Uh, his name is Pastor Matt White. How you doing today, sir? Uh, man, I call that a sovereign pause. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Providential pause. Yeah, that's all it was. Yeah, it's yeah. Between testaments, it's fine. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sitting there looking at that screen, and I'm going, I'm glad Buddy knows what he's doing. Yeah, because that that's pretty wild. Yeah, it's because just, I look at that and I have no idea. Yeah, it's just recording the you know the the different inflections. That's yeah, all. It is. I'm, I'm glad you know what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm not messing with it. Yeah, good, good. I, I don't want you to mess with it. <laughs> I, I'd much rather you answer these questions that I got. Oh, so. We'll see. We'll see how I do. So thank you all for tuning in. And also what I want to kind of uh, um, kind of get into is, we, you know, we obviously we're talking about eschatology for the last couple of, uh, of podcasts. But one thing that I, I want to kind of start with is mm. you have been talking about the, the coronation. Mm. Is that is that the right term to say it with the 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 the, the well, I, I think the the scripture in Revelation the spirit and the bride say come mm. mm-hmm. and you're talking about like how the um the how when when the the rapture is that is that what it is the 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 bridegroom yeah know, us the church meets the groom yeah so when I use that term coordinate coronation coronation um, coronation when I'm using that term. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember when I used it, and I can't. But if I used it, I would likely be using it in relationship to the return of Christ when he is ultimately coronated. That's a, it's a kingly term, right? Mm-hmm. It speaks of, of somebody uh, being a crown being placed on their head, right? That's a coronation ceremony when they're being, uh, when they're being um, established as king in a, in a regal kind of uh, ceremony and so the crown is placed on the queen or the king's head and so the coronation of Christ will be when he returns and he establishes his kingdom throne his kingdom rule mm-hmm. on upon upon his throne that is the coronation maybe right? I'm calling it the wrong thing I'm, yeah I'm, I'm, I, I'm referring to because the okay so let me tell you how my my brain kind of put everything together so I was I was meditating on the uh one i was meditating on the the 10 virgins yeah and how the uh yep was it the, the, the bridegroom the bridegroom yep you know, left came. and then right. he left and said i'm coming back be ready get right. yourself ready five did not buy oil for their lamps mm-hmm. did not trim the wicks kind of were lazy thought yeah he's never coming back they went about their business went shopping mm-hmm. and here comes the bridegroom Ten, five were ready they were ready to go they saw him coming he came they went into the wedding the other ones didn't yeah right right yeah. that and the the whole like you know idea of being ready when christ comes back and yep. everything like that yep something hit me uh like literally i, I felt i was driving i was just kind of thinking through some things it was like boom and i was yeah. like wow when i i of course I, I tie it in together and i know this is biblical because it says it the same exact way when Christ said in John 14, I go to prepare a place for you, the the uh, bridegroom yep. in, in that one, he was, I'm going away yep. and I'm yep. coming back. Every Everyone says that. And, yep. and then, obviously, then, you know, tying it into, like, the, uh, the, the, the blessing of marriage yep. and how that is. So 
kind of helped me help help me pull it all together uh, yeah. for that. So, so we haven't gotten into that obviously because right. that's that's technically not in the as the part of the Olivet Discourse where we are. Gotcha. In Matthew twenty four, it comes up at the end in Matthew twenty five with the three parables. That's where I brought it up a few weeks ago. Gotcha. Okay. When you have those three parables that are all about waiting, right, right for the return and him coming back. And so, yeah, so we haven't gotten into that yet, but pulling it all together and that reality. So you have the coronation, which is him coming back and being established as king, which will come when he comes back at his second coming. That is that establishes and starts his millennial kingdom reign. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, he's come as the sacrificial suffering lamb of God. He's already come first advent done. He came as the, as the lamb. He's coming back as the lion mm-hmm. of the tribe of Judah, meaning he's going to rule and reign from from Jerusalem as the king for a thousand years. That's his coronation. So when I use that phrase, that's what I'm saying. Okay. What you're talking about is the marriage supper of the lamb. There it is. Right. That's what you're talking about in uh, essentially in Matthew 19 and what it talks about as the church is in heaven with Christ during this amazing reality. And that is tethered to the rapture. And so where he's coming back, which I believe John 14, 1 to 3 is talking about that, mm-hmm. where he's gone, he's prepared, he's prepared a place and he's coming back. And it's at that time that he comes back, he gathers up his church, which you only see in Revelation uh, 1 to 3, and you don't see that after that. And the church is raptured before the tribulation comes in, and then the church is, is, is enjoying the marriage supper of the Lamb with Christ during that seven-year period of the tribulation. And then we come back with Christ when he comes back the second time. It's why when you read in in uh, uh, Revelation 19 and 20 and you see Christ on the white horse, the white stallion coming from heaven, and it's, it's in Zechariah 12 where he's moving slowly through the heavens and he's coming down to earth and everybody in the world can see him. And then he has his army with him that are coming with him. That's us because mm-hmm. we've been in heaven and, and have received our white robes, which he talks about at the marriage supper of the Lamb, of which we're getting ready for now. And so that's how you pull all that together. But we haven't even gone there yet. We haven't even touched that. All right. I'm sorry for skipping ahead. That's all right. No, I mean it's good. To, it's good for you to get that because you're wrestling with it. But you haven't missed that because I haven't. I haven't even gone there because I don't want to confuse everybody and get too much out there. Right. I want us to get what Jesus is saying in the Olivet Discourse clear and right before we start adding in all these other events and aspects because then it gets. It, that's when it starts to get confusing. Okay. Because there's a lot of things that are happening, right? There's a lot of things that are happening. Yeah. And, and uh, the scripture says, but obviously it says it in different places and at different times, Old Testament, New Testament. It's, it's hard to weave that together with clarity. You can, but it's not easy. Mm-hmm. And so it's best to go slow and, and get clarity one bit at a time and then build on that so you're not like just bits everywhere and you're just confused about everything. That's how most people study it and learn it and never learn it. Yeah. I <laughs> That's why we're going slow. Yeah. And getting much clarity. I appreciate that. And and I think that too what I've I've tried not to do and I haven't done intentionally is go and listen to other people preach it. 
Yeah. Um, because I don't want to confuse myself um, with everything because yep. I'll sit there and well, wait a minute. What about this? And, this? and I'm like, OK, yep. no, let me go systematically. Just how, you know, Matt is kind of taking us through it Yep. Uh, so that I can because because it, it was, you know, the last couple of weeks have been just been like these big like, oh, now I understand. Yep. Now I get aha it. moments. Right. Just the aha, it's so aha helpful. Moments. Yeah. But I think that the, you know, just kind of thinking about thinking through and kind of pondering kind of made me kind of just waver into it a little bit, oh, yeah. but it's, That's... but, but, it, but, you know, it's, it's like listening to, you know, or, or, or reading, you know, John 14 and, yep. you know, all those things. Yeah. It's like, okay, I remember that. I, I learned it as a kid, you know, yes. that, that whole thing. It's... It was an old song that we learned in, in great in passage school, you know? So I was like, okay, well, Oh, wait a minute. That, I remember, I remember all that. I go on to prepare a place. And it's like, Oh, that's great. And making it worse, uh, Pilgrim's Progress, the uh, the podcast I'm listening to, he 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 actually had that in there. He's like, yeah. he's like, hey, I'm I'm coming back, mm-hmm. but you know, right now I'm I'm going away, and I'm like, oh, there it is again. Yep. There it is again. So, praise All the right. Lord. Well, speaking of horses, yes, uh, you you went through some uh, some serious uh, serious pieces of of, of horses. Yes, uh, uh, yes, we did. Yeah, and um, I was uh, some horse derbies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> you can't use my words. You can't use my words. All right. So when it comes down to these uh, these horses that that you were talking about here, yes, um, in Revelation six. Oh man, yeah. So I got to find my my notes on it. Those horses uh, really, really um, seal judgments. Okay, so here's here's the thing. Yep. First of all, I never caught it. I've seen it so many times. Never caught that he had a bow and he didn't have any arrows. The yep. first one. Yep. So Revelation six, Revelation chapter six, verse one. Uh, really explains this. Uh, so if anybody is following along, I, I just want to. Uh, let you all know kind of where we are. And uh, let me read verses one and two as we start. Now I watched when the lamb opened one of the seven seals and I heard one of the four living creatures say with a voice like thunder, come. And I looked and behold, a white horse and its rider had a bow and a crown was given to him and he came out conquering and to conquer. Mm-hmm. So with him having no bow, no arrows, no, sorry, no arrows. Bow with no arrows. Yep. So, why is that significant? Well, it becomes even more significant when you keep reading. Remember that. Context, context, context. When he opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature say, come. And out came another horse, bright red, and its rider was permitted to take peace from the earth so that people should slay one another and was given a great sword. Mm -hmm. So then when you, so let's back up for a minute. You can see the peace that I believe is coming with the first horse. So the first horse is a pseudo horse. That's why he's a white horse of which Christ in Revelation uh, 19. Yeah. Whereas, so it's a false Christ. Mm-hmm. So what I see is I see the a great correlation between these seal judgments and the Olivet Discourse. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I see the Olivet Discourse. This is what I think is 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 really helpful for me and uh, clarifying. I see in the Olivet Discourse an outline of, of much of Revelation. That's what Jesus is doing. Mm-hmm. When he gives the Olivet Discourse, 
He's not giving every single detail, but he's outlining he's outlining what the end is going to be like. Mm-hmm. And he's essentially, if you follow it, and the outline I've already given to our church, if you follow it, it follows almost identically with the book of Revelation, mm-hmm. starting here in, in Revelation 6. Mm-hmm. So if you go to uh, Mark 13 or Matthew 24, and you start walking through the beginning section of the Olivet Discourse, it almost follows these sealed judgments to a when he talks about the false Christs that are coming, that's the first thing he mentions. He warns about that first sign is going to be many deceptions, many false Christs. Well, I think that's what he's—that's t- what we're seeing right here with the white horse, mm-hmm. a false Christ, or or at least the the personification of false deceptions are coming. And so this correlates. Now, this is where it's going to get confusing. Confusing, but this is how it how it goes in Daniel, which we haven't gone there yet. In Daniel chapter nine, starting in verse twenty four to twenty seven, which gives us the seven really gives us the seventieth week of Daniel or the seven years of tribulation. In there, we see that the that the Antichrist establishes false peace, a covenant with Israel, which establishes a pseudo peace. Doesn't mean wars end. It means he he's come onto the stage and said, "Hey, I can bring peace to all these wars." And so he brings out this plan, this of this false peace, of which is taken away by the second rider. But he promotes it and then begun, be, begins to be established as a as a prominent world leader on the stage. I think that's the white horse here. Hmm. So when he says in Mark thirteen, he warns, "Be careful, watch out, deceivers are coming, false Christs are coming in my name, who are." going to say they're me and going to bring false peace. That's what we see. That's why he has a bow where he's a he's a leader, he's a warrior, he's coming to conquer, he's coming to establish peace. He's going he's coming to us to to uh stop the wars that are going on and the tension that's going on, but he's going to do it without war. So he has a bow, he has no arrows, and so it's a non-military uh form of establishing peace, which means he's probably going to be a political leader by which he's coming in as a false as a false messiah as a as a false savior which is what he proves to be mm-hmm. or this could even be the personification of many false messiahs who are coming out as the Olivet discourse says so the second rider is the rider of war which is exactly what the Olivet discourse says so the first sign is false messiahs second one what is wars and rumors of wars right and that's exactly what the second seal brings so you got the first seal of all these false people come and saying i can bring peace i can bring peace the ultimate antichrist is the personification of that he's the ultimate culmination of that he is the one that brings the false peace but then you have all these wars and rumors of wars that are coming well that's the second seal when christ cracks the second seal wars erupt like they've never been before that's the that's the red horse because as you were saying that one thing that i look back at mark 13 verse 7 and when you hear of wars and rumors of wars do not be alarmed yep this must take place it didn't say that there were going to be wars yeah you're going to hear about them well there's going to be so many wars that you can't get away from it but then in verse 8 it says for nation will rise against nation yeah so yeah so the yeah. hearing, the hearing isn't isn't necessarily saying it's just a rumor. There is definitely looming war, but there's actual war. So there's actual war, like it's happening right now with Russia and Ukraine. Mm-hmm. But there's also looming war that looks like that we could have a nuclear war at some point. Like like it's that. Like there's wars happening and there's looming war that could happen, mm-hmm. and it's just nonstop. Mm-hmm. And so, but obviously, that parallel I just made it 
pales in comparison to what it'll be like in this time. Yeah. This time, and it's just global. You can't get away from it. No nation, no place. There's no neutrality. It's everywhere. Mm. And you know, it's, it's it was uh, ironic right before this uh, this podcast was is, is being recorded. Um, the current president had a had a, a lunch or dinner yeah. or something a couple of days ago. Yep. And mentioned Armageddon. Yeah. And I'm like, well, first of all. You don't know what Armageddon is going to be like because, mm. uh, you know, obviously you don't read uh, scripture. Um, but it was just that adding to scripture. Rumors of wars. He's talking about like what could happen, what could take place. Hey, we got to stop this guy. You know, all these types of things. So, yeah, it's it, it is interesting to me. Obviously, I'm not a date setter and, you know, the Lord could wait a thousand years and that would be his prerogative and wouldn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. And yet at the same time, when I read my Bible and I look at our times, it's like, man, seems to me like we're getting close. Yeah, but I'm going to repeat something that you said. Paul, the apostles. They all did. All, they felt the same yeah. way. And they were right. Mm-hmm. They were right in the scope of eternity, mm-hmm. in the scope of the plan of God. Yeah. I mean, we're always right there at mm-hmm. the door. In the scope of eternity, yeah, it's just it's just one tick of the sovereign clock, and here he is. So, the imminency of Christ is there. He is imminent. His return is he's he's at the door in that sense. Mm-hmm. But uh, when you're looking at the at the at the times, man, it's it's it's. I mean, we've never lived ever in a time where we where it, everything is set up for a wor- one world leader, one world system, one world government. I mean, it's just like. <laughs> which all of which is this is going to talk about mm-hmm. and it's just like yeah this is it's 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 pretty amazing and exciting honestly yeah exciting because i'm ready for i'm ready to see the king yeah let's go maranatha yeah you know it's like all right i mean i don't want wars and rumors of wars i don't want all this pestilence i don't obviously don't want hell on earth which is what it's going to be but at the same time i want the king i want to see him mm-hmm. yeah speaking of the king um before we get into the second seal, let's back up and yep. talk about kind of like the, the false yep. Christ that you were. So I wrote down three questions specifically um, when you were going through uh, the first point. Um, this was from the 9th, October the 9th, 2022. Yep. That sermon, Mark 13, 3 through 8. Th- three questions that I actually wrote down was uh, one, the spirit of the Antichrist. I want you to kind of explain what that is and, um, you know, give me some specifics on Because obviously we're right now going through false teachers in our Wednesday Bible study. So yep. that, yeah. kinda, that definitely helps. Oh, yeah. You know, um, the understanding of it. But kind of explain what the spirit of the uh, the Antichrist, the second one, and you can yeah. just tie it all together if you'd like. Yep. The second one was people claiming to be Christ. So it's like yeah. the spirit of the Antichrist, people claiming to be Christ. And then uh, I'll ask the third question yeah. last, but I think those two will go together. Absolutely. So um, that comes up multiple times in the scriptures. Obviously, we're in Mark 13, talks about false messiahs coming, false teachers coming, false prophets coming, Matthew 24 says. So it's all about false teachers and specifically false messiahs, those claiming to be the Savior, claiming to be the answer, claiming even to be Christ himself. That's what the text says, which is wild to think about. Yeah. Not just, you know, Christ came, Christ sent me, I'm an, I'm an authoritative re- representative of Christ, but to some even say, I am Christ. You know, again, it's just like, who would believe that? And yet I gave the example of the man 
who in 1973 rose up and and said he was Christ incarnate and you know had followers from 30 different nations and unbelievable so yeah these things aren't far fetched and 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 we're not oblivious to them they've been happening for some time but what's going to happen at this time is going to be an inundation of false teaching and of false messiahs like the world has never seen and one reason is because the world the world's going to be hungry for that Again, it's all, it's all God's amazing sovereign plan. The world is going to be in such turmoil and tension that everybody's going to be so distracted and longing for, for world peace mm. that it's going to set the stage for the false Messiah to come who's going to come and promote a false peace. And that's obviously has to happen. Right. That's why the text says these things must happen. They mm-hmm. set the stage for the Antichrist to come. So you brought up the question about the spirit of the Antichrist, which already now is, and then the actual Antichrist. That's First John 2.18, which talks about that the fact that one day the Antichrist will come. That's right here in Mark 13. We haven't gotten there yet, but that comes later in the Olivet Discourse. So John is talking about, yeah, you've heard about the fact of the Antichrist, Paul talks about him in Second Thessalonians, calls him a man of lawlessness. The Bible talks about this multiple times. Daniel chapter 9 is where it's most explicitly prophesied of this one, the little horn, and who he will be and all of that. So, But in 1 John 2.18, it talks about the Antichrist will come, and then the spirit of the Antichrist has already come. Mm-hmm. And then he references it again in 1 John 4 when he says the spirit of the Antichrist has already gone out into the world. So what that means is he's talking about the attitude and the actions of the Antichrist. Okay. He's talking about the demeanor and the teaching of the Antichrist. It's already there. Lies, mm-hmm. right? The spirit. So, you know, you have a spirit of, of joy and, and a spirit of, of, of peace, and you have a spirit of, of faithfulness and all these things, right? Well, that spirit, obviously, that characteristic that that uh, um, mark of your life. Well, that reality is already here. The Antichrist, you know, in the sense of being openly uh, on the stage, not yet, but his spirit, i.e., the mark of him, the character of him, the 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 aspect of his teaching of lies and falsehood and all of that. Yeah, that's been here. That's been here from the beginning, and so that's what he's saying. So the Antichrist, no, but the spirit of the Antichrist, yes, and that's the many false teachers, many false prophets. The other side to that is the reality of the spirit of the Antichrist is all false teachers are fueled by by him, ultimately, or to say it most succinctly, by Satan, right? Because John uh, 8.44, Satan is what? Not just a liar, but he is the father of lies. Mm-hmm. He is the progenitor. It's where it all started in Genesis 3 with his first lie. And every lie that comes after is tethered to him. He fuels it, right? Man does it from his own wicked heart, for sure, mm-hmm. right? Man is a liar within. But it all goes back and finds its genesis in the rebellion that Satan ultimately started in heaven, right? And then man continued when he sinned against God and rebelled in the garden. But uh, J- James chapter 4 talks about man's tongue being set on fire from hell. Well, so is man's heart, so is man's teaching, so is man's lies, right? It, it, the spirit of the Antichrist, Second uh, Timothy chapter 2, starting verse like 24 to 26, talks about man doesn't even know when he's taken captive by Satan to be his servant and do his bidding. Mm-hmm. And where the man of God must be gentle and gracious with those who contradict so that 
perhaps God would grant them repentance and free them from the snare of the evil one, Satan, who has taken them captive to do his bidding. And so how has he done that? Through the spirit of the Antichrist, through false teaching, through lies Mm. that they have believed and now they propagate. And that is the spirit of the Antichrist. 2 Corinthians 11 talks about uh, Satan masquerading around like an angel of light. (laughs) We just talked about that with Mormonism. Mm. An angel, Moroni, right? He masks around. He's a fake. He's a phony. He's a liar. Mm. And he puts on the act and he pretends to be something he's not. And, well, everyone that does that, which is every false teacher, they are, they are living and being fueled by the spirit of the Antichrist. It's what they teach. It's, it's, they've partnered with him, whether they know it or not, mm-hmm. and many don't because they're deceived, but they are nonetheless. They have been ensnared by his false teaching, and now they are servants of him promoting his false teaching. Yeah. That's the spirit. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad you kind of gave a little bit more um, explanation of the word spirit because when it comes to this guy <laughs> that grew up the way that I grew up, when you ever you say the spirit of something, yeah, um, it kind of gets spooky. And yeah, well, and, and it is spooky. I mean, if if I'm not denying that, yeah. right? That that um, the doctrine of demons, mm-hmm. right? All false teaching, really, especially you know blasphemous, idolatrous false teaching that demean, demeans Christ and distorts God the Father. That's doctrine of demons. That's mm-hmm. you know that's exactly what First Timothy four says. You know, where does that come from? Exactly what it said, from demons, mm-hmm. right? And even, you know, we can see that even in what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10 about the Lord's Supper and how uh, many in the church at Corinth were worshiping demons and didn't even know it, right, in the way they were being idolatrous in their, in their partaking of the Lord's Supper. And so, mm-hmm. so yeah, that reality is there, right? And uh, we don't deny that. And so th- there's a sense in which the spirit of the Antichrist carries carries with that in the fueling of false teachers, but it's is has more to do with it 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 demonstrates his character, it demonstrates his makeup, it demonstrates his mark because he, he, Satan is the father of lies, mm-hmm. and so uh, yeah, it, that's the scary thing about being a false teacher and being a a, a deceiver is you have you are a slave of Satan. You are you are uh, promoting his deceptive disastrous work. Like who who wants to who wants that? Sign me up. I'll be mm-hmm. sa- Satan's servant. And yet whether you know it or not, you are. Mm-hmm. And that's the spirit of the antichrist that has gone out into the world mm-hmm. and is now because the whole world lies under 1 John 5 says what? The power of the evil one. Mm-hmm. Well, the last question you kind of gave a uh, you kind of breezed over it, but I'll ask it anyway. Um, the third question was, you know, the first one was the spirit of the Antichrist. What is that? Uh, people claiming to be Christ. You, you explained that. Uh, the third question was, uh, why would people follow them? Yeah. And uh, you alluded to it a little bit yeah. uh, when you're talking about that's what they want. Yes. You know, they, they want that sinfulness. But yeah. So the people obviously in our age, in our day and time right now follow that because Apart from Christ, man is in darkness. Mm-hmm. So this is man's native tongue. This is man's air he breathes. He loves darkness. He wants darkness. He loves lies. He wants lies. This is this is this is our default mode to follow Satan, mm-hmm. right? And so um, whether we know it or not, it's like the Pied Piper. He starts preaching, and we start we start following, mm-hmm. right? Apart from Christ, that's the way it always. That's the way it is. Mm-hmm. We are sons of Satan. I mean, that's just the reality. That's our DNA. And so uh, he speaks, we listen. That's how we're born. 
And so the world, that's what, that's what John chapter 1 says, Christ, who is the light of the world, came into the world, and the world hated him. Why? Because the world loves darkness, John 3, right? I mean, the world wants nothing to do with light. It hates light. Why? Because light exposes the lies. Light exposes the filth. Light exposes the sin. And darkness doesn't like that. Mm-hmm. Darkness wants to stay in the shadows. And so that's why the world follows what to the believer, because now we are light. Ephesians 5, we were once darkness. We were once Colossians 1 in the kingdom of darkness. We've been set free. So once we're set free through the gospel, we get a new heart. We get eyes to see. The scales have been taken off, 2 Corinthians 4. Then we can see, and what do we see? The lunacy of this, the illogical nature of this, the ungodly, biblical, unbiblical reality of all of the lies. We can see it. We can spot it, not because of us, but because we have the light within us now, the light of truth, right? We are people of truth, not because of us, but because Christ is in us, the source of truth. And now we can recognize it and we can see it. And we're just like, why do people follow this? And that's why we have to remember, Ephesians 5, 8, that we were once walking in darkness. Mm -hmm. We were once, as Paul says, darkness itself. But now we are children of the light, and we must walk as light. And we must remember, such were some of us. So we have to be careful that we don't don't forget that and just look and say, what is wrong with these people? Why would you follow that? It's like, uh, uh, yeah, I followed it. Yeah, I followed it willingly, right? Yeah, and so did you. Let's not forget. It's only because God, in his sovereign grace, pulled us out of darkness. Mm -hmm. When none of us left darkness, we were pulled out, kicking and screaming. Mm -hmm. That's the sovereign will of God, Mm -hmm. and that's the amazing truth of the gospel. But the reality is, in the end times, right? So now now we'll we'll, we'll ratchet it up a little bit, right? So um, what you're going to find, this is post-rapture, when you get into the heart of the tribulation, and this is... uh, this is getting into Thessalonians, where why will people believe these things? Because some people say, "Well, yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna wait till I see this unfold, and then I'll believe in the gospel." Mm. No, you won't, because you've already been given the time to believe the gospel by the grace of God. He, you don't deserve it, but He's given it to you. Mm. But you openly reject that. The Scripture is clear: God will send a strong delusion upon the world to keep them from believing the truth, and they will follow the lie. Think about that. Mm-hmm. That's why they follow the lie, because that's part of the plan mm. to keep them. And I can read that to you just so that it's. Yeah, thank God. You, you, yeah. you know exactly where I was going to what I was going to ask. So, um, so um, here it is in Second Thessalonians 2. And this is all about the coming of the Antichrist, what we were talking about a minute ago. Right. And um, and so it says in Second Thess- Thessalonians chapter 2, the coming of the lawless one, that is the Antichrist, is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. Therefore, God sends them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false in order that all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. That's Second Thessalonians chapter two, nine through twelve. And if you want a if you want a neat cross reference to this, to see God do this, this is not an interesting once in a time, lifetime deal that God does, where He sends delusions. 
uh, as an act of judgment on those who have rejected his grace. You could flip over later to 1 Kings 22, where he does it there, and he sends a false prophet in to make them follow what is false so that they will ultimately be judged. Mm. And, and I believe the false prophet there is Satan, and there's this discussion in heaven and says, who's going to go down and be a lying spirit? Who's going to go down and put a lying spirit in my prophets? So that would leave, uh, lead essentially Ahab uh, uh, to ultimate uh, death, and, and one spirit stands up and says, I'll do it, I'll do it, and I think it's Satan. And and goes down and literally you can read the text in First Kings twenty two and uh, he in walk all these false prophets and they start speaking lies. Yes, go to war, you'll win. You you're a great king and mm-hmm. and that's what he does and he dies. Mm. And uh, so yeah, so again, there's the spirit of the antichrist mm. fueling those false prophets right there. You know, and so you can start to see how that plays out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I think I was listening. Yeah, it was uh, John MacArthur last week. I was listening to one of his sermons, you know, from the the Daily, uh, you know, podcast. broadcast. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he said something that <laughs> I had to turn the radio off. <laughs> I was like, oh man, that is so so big. Uh, he said that our even our faith in Christ is a gift. Absolutely. And I was like, wow, that is. That is mind blowing for me to be so proud mm-hmm. to think that, yeah, I'm the one that believed I'm doing it out of my own strength, out of my own, you know, uh, knowledge of Christ, just Christ actually giving us the faith is a gift. Absolutely. It's a sovereign gift. It's a sovereign grace. We don't deserve any of it. It's all as Ephesians two, eight, nine says, it's all the faith the salvation, the redemption, the forgiveness, the propitiation, the glorification, the sanctification. It's all from him. All the shuns. All the shuns are from the one and only one. Perfect. I have a lot to talk to you about, but I think that what I'll do is, unfortunately for people, I'm probably going to end here. Good. One, because... I got more work to do. Yeah, you have more work to do. I'm tired. (laughs) We have I have I have a lot to think about even with what you said because I'm gonna go back and listen to this. A lot of you all don't know this. I I really, more or less, just when I'm talking to Matt here in this in this uh, position, I'm just kind of shooting out stuff, and then I go back and listen to it to myself because, and then I'm in the car or I'm I'm walking. I'm like, man, that was really good. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I just write down questions. I ask them. Thoughts that I have, I just throw them at him. He throws them back, and I have to go back and listen myself. So it's just discipleship, brother. Yeah, it's just one-on-one discipleship. Yeah, and everyone else gets to listen. Yeah, I, I, I'm very appreciative of it, and uh, I don't know if you, well, you probably don't care, but this is Pastors Appreciation Month, <laughs> according to everybody else. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't follow that because. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate you every month. <laughs> it doesn't. It's I, not. It's not confined to one I, month. I am feeling appreciated. Yeah. Yeah. I, I. I. I'm. I'm. I have more than I deserve. I need nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I appreciate it, and um, I appreciate you all listening as well. Um, if you all check the weekly e, I think that you should have uh, the link to the merch that we have uh, gone. But I'll also leave it in the show notes as well here. Um, thank you all for listening. And uh, next week, I got a special treat for you. You'll love it. Well, not next week. Uh, you know, we're on a tri weekly basis. 
So uh, thank you all for listening, and here is the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The biblical gospel starts with God. Out of nothing, God made everything, including you and me, to bring himself much pleasure. His purpose for us as humanity was to love, obey, and enjoy him perfectly. Instead of this, man has sinned against our loving creator and acted in rebellion. Since God is good and just, he must punish sin that deserves eternal, conscious punishment under God's wrath in hell. But God, being merciful, loving, and gracious, had a plan to punish sin, and so be a just judge, and yet forgive sinners, and so display mercy, by sending his own Son, Jesus Christ, the co-equal and co-eternal Son of God, to take on human flesh, fulfilling his perfect requirements in the place of sinners, loving, obeying, and enjoying him perfectly. Furthermore, Jesus bore the full wrath of God upon the cross, and he satisfied the eternal anger of God, standing in a place of sinners, though he was himself perfectly sinless. God showed his acceptance of Christ's sacrifice by raising Jesus from the dead after three days in the grave. Now Jesus commands everyone everywhere to repent, turn from their sin, and believe, trust in him. This is the glorious transaction. God then charges Christ's perfection to the sinner and no longer views him as an enemy, but instead an adopted son and daughters covered in the perfect righteousness of his son. We can now have peace with God and have eternal life with him forever. It's true for every person in every culture, in every place, in every language through all time. So our response to this good news is repentance and faith. Dear hearer, behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Turn from your sins. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And this day be reconciled to God. Thanks for tuning in today. Please subscribe to the podcast and leave a comment. If you have a question, please send them to the Truth Talks Podcast at gmail.com. Visit our Instagram and Twitter at the Truth Talks Podcast. And visit our website at BelcroftBibleChurch.org. Delighting in the Word that we might walk in the truth. A ministry of Belcroft Bible Church.